Have you seen one of these things before? I had them when I was a child, and I don't, I'm sure they're still floating out there somewhere because I was able to find a picture of them, so. Um, but it's, it's a shape-matching toy. It's, it's a great toy for kids, for kids to be able to use um, their, their brains to think about what shapes fit in what holes and maybe even for them to be able to learn their shapes in the first place. But the reason that I kind of bring this up is kind of a way for me to catapult us into a deeper topic. Because I want to talk to you this morning about the holes in your life. Have you heard someone talk like that before? And to say a hole in your life is something that's missing or maybe even a specific need that has presented itself that's begging to be filled. Well, this morning, we're going to talk about how Jesus fills that hole. That hole that exists in your stomach and that hole that exists in your heart. And we're going to do that by using the story in Matthew of Jesus feeding the 5,000. So right before Jesus was feeding the 5,000, he was in his first year of ministry. And he was gaining popularity quickly. And you can only imagine why, because he was healing tons of people. He was raising people from the dead. And when Jesus spoke, people's lives were changed. His word was power. But this miracle, this feeding of the 5,000 was a miracle of miracles. It was different than what he'd ever done before. Jesus was in the the region of Galilee at this time, which was the far north part of the Holy Land. And he was with his disciples because they had been bouncing around from town to town doing ministry in that area at that time. Give me a second. It'll come to me. He was, do, he was bouncing around doing ministry at that time. So one time, Jesus is coming across the, the Sea of Galilee. He's going from the west side to the east side. And, and he hops in the boat, and people see him get in the boat. So they're excited. They want to see Jesus. So they follow him along the land and to the other side. And they ran for a long ways. Maybe they didn't run. Maybe they walked. But they were tired anyways by the time they got there. And, but it didn't matter. They were excited to see this man who had done so many miraculous things. Jesus. And so Jesus gets out of the boat and he sees all these people. And I want to read you what happened. This miraculous thing that he did. From Matthew chapter 14. It says, When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's, going, it's already late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. They answered. Bring them here to me, Jesus said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and two fish, 
And looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about five thousand men besides women and children. This is the word of the Lord. So Jesus had just crossed the sea. He gets out of the boat, sees this large crowd. And the text says that he has compassion on them. He has compassion on them. He begins to heal their sick and to feed, or, and to feed them with God's word, but and to, feed, to talk to them about God's word. I could, you could say this for any Bible story. But I would have loved to have been in that crowd that day. Hearing God speak with power and seeing God heal all these different people. But he was preaching on through the day and as the day grew to an end, as the night came, a specific need presented itself. The disciples, God bless them, they were thinking about the people at this time. But this was the pivotal moment in the story for the disciples. What I mean by pivotal moment is the crossroads. It's kind of where we will judge, how we will judge the disciples' reaction here. They see the need, and now there's going to be some reaction. Let's pause for a second from the story and think about that pivotal moment that maybe has happened in your life. The time when your needs have become very obvious to you. And maybe you didn't even know how you were going to fill that need at the time. They could be big, they could be small. But let me tell you about a time that I kind of realized that. And it didn't happen too long ago. When I was growing up, I was very well taken care of. My parents took care of me well. They they gave me clothes, they gave me a place to sleep, a roof over my head. I didn't have to worry about things like property taxes or, or my uh, insurance or cell phone bills or any of that stuff. It was all taken care of for me. But as I've gotten older, I've taken on a little more responsibility. And especially now that I'm married, I know exactly what my needs are. I know exactly where my money is going each month to pay for what I need. That's kind of a small way of me saying that I've realized what I need in my life and I've realized what God has provided for me in my life, but it doesn't even compare to what the disciples were going through at this time. They had over 5,000 hungry people who were also probably pretty tired at this time. But the disciples came up with their own plan. They turned to Jesus and they said, dismiss the people, send them away. Let them go to the surrounding villages that they might find food for themselves there. It seemed like a pretty reasonable plan. But Jesus had a different one for them. So Jesus looks at them and says, they don't need to go away. You feed them. You can feel the disciples' hearts drop into their stomach when Jesus said that. How in the world were they supposed to do that? That's probably what they were thinking. They said it a little more politely. They said, we have here only five loaves of bread and two pieces of fish. 
basically saying, how, how is this going to work? It's kind of easy for us as 21st century readers of this text to be critical of the disciples. But after all, we know the end of the story. We can probably find ourselves in the disciples' shoes a little more easily than we care to admit. I would mentioned that you might have realized that you had your needs sometime, that you had this pivotal moment in your life where you realized that you needed these things. Think about the last time that a specific need has presented itself. It could be as small as the needs that I was describing before. What did you do? Was your first reaction to come up with your own plan to maybe rely on your own strength, your own work. Maybe you just had to work harder. Maybe you relied on your own knowledge. Maybe you were on the other end. Maybe you complained about how impossible this situation was, that you even had this need in the first place. It's not that hard for us to find ourselves in the shoes of the disciples. But the same thing that Jesus did for those 5,000 people that day is the same thing that he does for you and me every day. Jesus has the disciples bring those five pieces of bread and two pieces of fish to him. And before he does anything, he looks up to heaven and he thanks God for that food. He thanks God because all good things come from God. Those were blessings from God. And then he proceeds to to break the bread, to give it to the disciples, and the disciples in turn give it to the people who are sitting in the grass. Jesus saw the hole. He saw the hole in their stomachs. And he filled it. Jesus sees the hole in your life too. The different needs that you have. He sees that you need a roof over your head. He sees that you need a bed to sleep in, food to eat, water to drink. He sees that you need friends. He sees each and every one of your needs so clearly. You are not hidden from God. In fact, Matthew, the gospel writer, records Jesus talking a little bit earlier. He says, Jesus is saying, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of those sparrows falls to the ground apart from the Father's care. And aren't all the hairs on your head numbered? Do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. That's Jesus telling you, there is no need too big or too small. I know every single one of your needs. And even more than that, He cares about those needs. God has told you to cast all your anxieties, all your worries, all your needs in your life. Cast them on him. Pray to him. Because he cares for you and he's promised to hear you and give you exactly what he knows that you need. That's the easy part. It's, it's easy for us to know what our physical needs are, to have that awareness of our physical needs because they're in front of us on a day-to-day basis. But the altogether different issue 
is our spiritual hole that we have to fill in our lives. Some people have that hole and they don't even realize they have a hole and they live their whole life that way. Some people have that hole in their heart and they know they have that hole in their heart. They can feel it. But they have no idea how to fill that hole. And then there are some other people in this world that know that they have a hole in their heart and they know exactly how to fill it. Let me tell you that those people, that crowd of 5,000, I don't think many of them knew how to fill that hole in their heart. In fact, I think there was quite a few people in that crowd that didn't even know that they had a hole in their heart. But what they did know, they knew that Jesus had done so many miraculous things and they wanted to see more miracles. So they chased him around the Sea of Galilee and they met him on the other side as he's getting out of the boat. But the cool little detail that we see in this, in this chapter is what the reason why Jesus was crossing the Sea of Galilee in the first place. I want to read you verse 13 again. It says, When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. He was going to a solitary place. This account is also recorded in the other three Gospels. So we get a couple other details from there. But he's, he's going to this solitary place to be alone, this deserted place with his disciples. Uh, for rest, for relaxation, and also because the disciples had just come back from a mission journey. They were going around to the different villages telling about Jesus. And now they had just come back together. So they needed some time to debrief and maybe Jesus wanted to teach them a little bit more as well. And on top of that, on top of all of this, it says, when Jesus heard what had happened. That's in reference to the section that is just before our section for today. The beginning of chapter 14 of Matthew talks about John the Baptist being beheaded at the request of Herod. That had happened, and then some time had passed, and then the feeding of the 5,000 happened. So in that in-between time, In that in-between time, Herod, King Herod, in his delusions, thought that Jesus was John the Baptist resurrected. So Herod was after Jesus. He wanted to get Jesus. So for safety, Jesus hops in the boat and goes across the Sea of Galilee. So all of these things are going on. And Jesus lands on the other side of the Sea of Galilee only to meet a large crowd. I can tell you what my reaction would have been to that large crowd. But what does it say that Jesus did? It said he had compassion on those people. His heart went out to him. He, he was feeling with his people because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus saw the hole in their heart. Jesus sees the hole in every one of your hearts as well. Not a physical hole, a spiritual one, a Jesus-shaped hole. That Jesus-shaped hole carries a characteristic with it. It has an intense desire 
a yearning, a need to be filled, whether you know it or not. And people try to fill that hole in all different kinds of ways. They throw themselves into their jobs and chase after money. They rely on success and their status in this life. They try to fill that hole with their own morals and their own works that make them feel like a good person. People even try to fill that Jesus-shaped hole in their heart with some of God's richest blessings like, like family. How about you? How do you try to fill that hole in your heart? When a child tries to put a square piece into a circle hole, it's not going to fit. It's not going to work. If a child tries to put a circle piece into a star hole, it's not going to fit. When you try to put your career, your family, your success, your ego into that Jesus-shaped hole, it's not going to fit. There's only one person who can fill that hole. God knew that. God knew from the fall into sin that there was only one person that could fill that hole in your heart. So throughout the pages of the Old Testament, we see that solution, that person that would fill that hole promised and believed in by so many different people. The Israelites believed that there would be this person that would fill that hole in their heart. When they felt guilty in the Old Testament, they would take an animal and sacrifice it. It would spill the blood of that animal to pay for that sin. But that blood of that animal did not fully satisfy that guilt in their heart. They yearned for the day that that person would come to fill that hole in their heart. When those 5,000 people were sitting there listening to Jesus, watching him heal people, watching him feed all of them, they were witnessing God in the flesh. They were witnessing the only one that would fill that hole in their heart. God was the only one who could fill that hole. So how about you? How have you tried to fill that hole in your heart? If you've tried to fill that hole in your heart with anything other than your Lord and Savior, change that today. Let Jesus be the one that fills your heart. Let Jesus be the one that fills your heart when you're in pain and you're suffering, when you're anxious or you worry. Let Jesus be the one that fills your heart when you're going through good times and you're excited and you're happy. When Jesus was feeding the 5,000, he was shouting to the world, I am the one that fills that hole in your heart and in your lives, both physically and spiritually. Praise Jesus for that. Praise Jesus that he's the one that makes our life meaningful no matter what he leads us through in life. And when you do that, when you praise Jesus for those things, people will see that that hole in your heart has been filled. And you can tell them how to fill that hole in their heart as well. Many people search their entire life for something to fill that hole in their heart. 
Your search is over. Jesus has filled your heart. Isn't it great to be a child of God? Amen.